Holy crap, bidding wars. How do you get an offer accepted when you're a first-time home buyer? Maybe you're even using a low-down payment, and when you go see a home, the first day it's available, you find out there are already, in just a few hours, 5, 10, 20 offers on that home. Well, today we're going to give you the latest tricks, hacks, and tips to make you a winner-winner chicken dinner. Let's go. What is up, my how to buy a homies? David Sedoni back again with a sequel that no one was asking for. Yes, we did it back in 2020. We did it back in 2021. We've actually been talking about this for decades. Bidding wars. Now, you might have thought they were gone, but they're back. And they are as bitty, bitty, bidding war as ever. Actually, though, this is this is not really a sequel. This isn't the, you know, just the second time that we've been talking about this. Most people think that the bidding wars be, became a thing after the pandemic. You know, they were like a 2020, 21, 22 phenomenon. Au contraire, my friend. This is not a 2020s phenomenon, bidding wars. In fact, I have been dealing with bidding wars, helping first-time homebuyers since around 2012, 2013. Yeah, bidding wars are a thing, but they are not a new thing. A decade long, this has been happening. And for what reason? Okay, how to buy a homies? Say it with me now. Low inventory. Yeah, so I'm really proud to say that today's advice comes from 10 years of finding ways to help first-time homebuyers' offers get pushed to the top of the pile when you're dealing with bidding wars. First. Before I get into all the tips and tricks and hacks, I got to give you a quick caveat for some of you. Not all of you out there, just for some of you. So today I'm going to be giving you all these tips, assuming that you're all in on buying a home, that you don't have any questions about it. You're not trying to time the market. You don't think things are going to crash. If you're not all in, whole hog, ready to ride or die, ready to jump in, well, then I suggest that maybe you pause this episode, go back to episode 155, start listening there and work your way up to this one. And if you still doubt then, may I remind you that everything that we predicted back in that episode 155, it's come true. And in fact, things are moving faster than we thought they would. Despite the fact that from January up until today, here we are in early April, there's been economic uncertainty interest rates have risen a little bit, and we've even had a banking crisis in the middle of that, but things are still moving. And of course, that's all because of one thing, say it with me now, gang, low inventory. Now, if you're still here and you're still listening, uh, number one, what the hell? I mean, I just told you where to go, what to do. I want you to be confident when you hear this, not a cross-armed Karen saying, prove it to me. Okay, and then number two, fine you're still skeptical, you get what I like to call my engineer's disclaimer. Now, that's not a toot-toot engineer, not on a train. No, I mean like, you know, a mechanical or a chemical or a civil and an electrical engineer, you know, the fancy engineers. I love working with them because they are so precise. And I love getting into the math of real estate because if you're a renter, the math says, that pretty much any time is a good time to buy because you're going to end up saving yourself in the long run. But 
here is a preface for you engineer people out there, all right? Uh, this is uh, some information that you might need more than others. Little bit of a warning, you're going to hate this. So accept it right now, and you're going to save yourself a lot of stress as you move forward. There is no spreadsheet on how much to offer. Now, that is actually true in every single market, but there is never a time when it is more true than when you're in a bidding war. So go ahead. I know right now you're sitting there, you've got lemon butt. You are puckered. Yes, there is some logic to understand what a home is worth. But when there are 10 or 15 or 20 other people writing offers, then the values become subjective. I know you hate that word. Sorry, pucker up your butt, baby. No math, no logic. And the freaky thing about buying a home is there's no logic ever. It's even worse in a bidding war, but in a regular market, you're still buying from the seller. And that seller is one person selling one home one time. And bidding wars, they make them feel even more powerful, more in control. And there's no manager you can complain to, no corporate headquarters you can write a strongly worded letter to. You can't complain about them on Twitter or Yelp and sink their business. This is like nothing that you've ever, ever bought. The seller can handle the transaction however they want to. So forget logic. If you did spend time making a spreadsheet, find someone who owns a printer, print it out, and then use it to wipe your puckered booty because that's all it's good for. So you have to believe in the long-term investment in your financial stability. That is purchasing a home, even if you're dealing with bidding wars. You have to believe Ted Lasso style. Don't step over dollars to try to pick up dimes. All of that information, everything you need to know about believing it's in the other podcasts. In fact, if you want to go way back and get yourself on the Believe train, listen to episode 48. Okay, now that we're all on the same page, let's talk about these inevitable bidding wars that are going to be happening and going to stay inevitable thanks to, say it with me one more time, low inventory. Now, last year, maybe it was two years ago, I'm not sure, one of the other bidding war episodes, I told you the story of a home that came up on the MLS, listed at $250,000. It was a starter home in a nice part of the country. Now, in less than a day, the listing had changed, and it said, quote, seller says she'll only look at offers above $300,000, so please don't waste your time if you are below that. We have offers in hand above $300,000 already. So call or text your price to see if it's even competitive. 150 showing so far, and we've only been active for 24 hours, unquote. So yeah, that was some of the magic of buying a home uh, a couple of years ago. And again, this happened back in 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. I've done this bidding war episode before, and it's coming back now in full force. So here's a list of things that you can do to help you win the wars. I'm going to zip through these. And if you want to get more details about them, stay tuned. I'll get into it as we go through the episodes. And a lot of this information is also back in episodes 46 and 84. Here we go. Here's your list. First, don't give up. Second, believe. Next, be ready to compromise. Then, we want to talk about making sure that new and untrained agents, they're going to sink you in a bidding war. Next up, 
Be aware that working with a real estate team sometimes can offer speed in this market. Teams work for the pace that this market is moving at. Little reminder, I'm going to get deep into it with you that you should spend five times more of your time. Is that a phrase? You should spend five times more time. How's that? Working on your support team and your own personal financial plan with your realtor and your lender before you ever go out shopping. Five times more doing that than you should daydreaming on Zillow. Next, we're going to talk about making sure you and your realtor know the sales prices in the area so you understand how to bid and overbid. We'll get into talking about the list price and what that means or doesn't mean. And we're going to compare that to sales price and the sold prices. Then we're going to get into all the things you can do on the offer, including talking about lowballing in this market is for losers. We're going to talk about presenting the offer, showing that your three and a half percent down payment is just as golden as a 20% down payment. I've got a little tip about never offering a round number. We're also going to talk about the earnest money deposit. We're going to talk about what you can do with time periods in your contract, loan tricks, possibly waiving the appraisal or using something called an appraisal gap. We're going to talk about guarantees from your lender. We're going to talk about guarantees from your lender as you present the offer, possibly even reducing or removing those contingencies to show them that you are legit, too legit to quit. Hey, hey, too legit, too legit to quit. Hey, hey, I'm old. Drink. We're also going to talk about offering the seller more profit elsewhere in the offer, not just in the purchase price. Things like covering the closing costs. And there's a few other tips we've got for you. Real estate is two things. We're going to make sure you understand that, that it's time and money. And then we're going to get into deep in the counter offers. Once your offer gets into the mix, what do you do in your counter offers to make sure it gets accepted? Things like escalation clauses. And we want you to understand the process. And finally, we're going to talk about, well, maybe you think buying a new build is the answer. And we're going to find out that in bidding wars, sometimes new builds end up having bidding wars too. Okay, first thing we need to talk about in bidding wars is don't give up. Now, if you're here, you full-on Ted Lasso believe. That's awesome. This is the episode for the believers. If you don't, go to 155, start there. We've been through that. If you're the kind of person that says, geez, David, you know, I don't want to battle in a bidding war. It doesn't make sense, right? With all the buyers driving the prices up, isn't it just better for me to wait for prices to come down and get a home when there's less competition? Okay, so people have been asking me that since 2012. And uh, home prices have had one drop and it was the end of 2022 and that's over. And guess what? There weren't bidding wars when houses started to go down. Everyone ran away. So let me tell you what's going to happen with bidding wars over the next year here. There's 20 people making an offer on a home. That means 19 people don't get it. Now, do you think all 19 give up? Usually many of them stay in the game. They keep shopping for the next home that is going to come up in that same neighborhood. And a lot of times, Sally saw that Jim's house had a huge open house with a bazillion people parking on the street all weekend long. And then she found out that Jim's house had a bazillion offers. So she puts hers up for a higher price. Now, let's say even 10 or 15 of those 19 people didn't give up. That means 10 or 15 people are going to be putting an offer on that higher priced home. 
and so on and so on and so on. And it continues until we are finally done with, say it with me now, low inventory. And gang, that ain't happening in the next year. I don't know this sounds bleak and I know this sounds like I'm an old man sitting here telling you what to do. Drink, actually gang, I'm with you. I, I am totally with you and I'm trying to teach you the secrets. I really need you to do this next part, which is you have to believe. I mean, if you're here, you believe. And like I said, if you don't go back to episode 48, jump on the bandwagon of believing and you'll be much, much more inclined to jump on the bandwagon of bidding wars. Housing goes up and down over the years and the chances that you are one of the people once a generation, when housing drops to the absolute bottom, that that's the exact time that it's right for you to buy doesn't necessarily look like good odds for you. So work whatever system you can. The people who listen to those old episodes where I was talking about bidding wars, I think it was 46 and 84, I think. If you went back and listened to those and you jumped in in 2019 or 2020, 2021, 2022, there've still been bidding wars and they've gotten equity in their homes, which leads me to the next point, which is that there's never the perfect time to buy a home. There's just always a very good time to start building your financial future. So get ready to compromise. I love you, but we need to use the C word compromise. If you believe Ted Lasso style episode 48, then you will learn that buying a home is a process of elimination. It's not a process of selection. You don't get to walk in the store and pick from five of the top models that you're looking at at your price point. You're going to have five jigsaw puzzles in front of you, and none of them are complete. All of them are missing pieces. You are not selecting from five perfect puzzles. You're looking at the five, and you're eliminating the ones that have too many puzzle pieces missing. And then you compromise. You're going to look at the one that has the least amount of missing pieces. And that's closest to the image that you saw in your head when you were picturing your home. There's a great discussion about this in an interview episode, episode 170, uh, where the first time buyers in Florida learned about the triangle of success. The triangle is style, location, and price. And your compromise is coming from one of those parts of that triangle. Okay, like I said, hang with me now. Don't get discouraged. I'm here to help you because if you believe you understand this is what you need to do. And everything in life that is good has a little bit of a challenge. Your challenge right now is bidding wars. Now, if you wait for the bidding wars to the end of the year, then you're going to be like, now my challenge is prices have gone up. So, I'm going to try to help get through this and put you in the top 1% of those first-time homebuyers who win the bidding wars. Okay, first thing you need to do to help you win bidding wars is hire the best advocates. Avoid all the newbies, the noobs. Your buyer agent that you use for now is free. <laughs> There's some stuff in litigation right now, but for the next few years, it's going to be free. And until my podcast changes the entire market to be fair and equitable, at this point right now, it's up to you to go out and choose the best advocate for you. Your best weapon in a bidding war is a badass agent. 
one that's been doing bidding wars for decades, not just for months. I've said it before, but it's worth repeating. 87% of realtors quit before they hit five years on the job. 87%. If you think that you should learn this all on your own and you think that uh, you know who you hire doesn't really matter, especially in these times of bidding wars, then please do me a favor, go through the catalog of all my past episodes on how to pick your best realtor. As a first-time home buyer, when you are competing against cash buyers in bidding wars, investors who are putting offers in on bidding wars, and corporations that are out there buying properties, the only defense you have against this big, giant competition group is your support team. It's the only chance you've got to win this rigged game. Now, I talk a lot about using a great experience agent on the podcast because the industry has terrible training. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking the worst. I've just said it. Oh my God, there are 3 million real estate agents and only a million homes for sale. It is so backwards and such a a, a rigged industry trying to make money off the agents and just setting them loose with people who are making the biggest financial investment of their life. Remember what I said, 87% of the realtors quit five years into the business. What would you say if a company, a large company that was selling big products to people only had a 13% retention for their staff over five years? You would say that company's probably a pretty toxic place to work, right? Well, for realtors, the reason isn't that the companies are toxic. There pretty much are no companies. Don't let the logos out on all the signs fool you. Don't let those brokers make you think that they're out there training up the best sales force ever. Yeah, for almost 3 million agents out there, when you go to the broker, it's sink or swim. You're basically on your own. And the so-called company that your broker, they're pretty much there just to take a large portion of the money that you make to give that agent protection, just to protect them from getting sued. It's not a toxic culture why everybody quits the business. It's zero culture. It's the most pathetic excuse for training. Yeah, I, I, let me say that again training in air quotes. You would actually be appalled if you knew how little support and how little training most new agents get. And you would be flabbergasted if you figured out how little they actually knew because their training is so weak. The brokers work harder on recruiting the agents, getting them in more and more and more to turn them over and over and over, not to train the agents after they recruit them. They don't want to train them and retain them because they make less money as they become more seasoned. They want to turn and burn. So the profitability model of real estate ends up screwing you the first time homebuyer. Turnover, that's what they want. It actually really puts the independent in independent contractor. Sink or swim, baby. And most of them plunge to the bottom of the sea, and they drown their way through a few transactions, flailing and splashing before they decide to just quit, not even five years in. So you as a first-time homebuyer, you're the person that is getting all these new agents coming after you. 
And you assume that, well, they're here. They're a realtor. It says realtor on their pretty little card. They have a license. They've got to be well-trained. This is a big deal. Meanwhile, nope. They're flailing and splashing around in their cluelessness, using you, the first-time homebuyer, as their full-on teaching exercise so they can get some on-the-job training. But that sucks because for you, it's the one time you have to do this in your life. Buying your home is your one shot. That's right, one shot. Back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. One shot. Old man doing Eminem. How cringy is that? No, this is your one shot to set yourself up financially for life. And so, unfortunately, a lot of these agents are taught, fake it till you make it. And they try to advocate for you in this fierce battle, but they're drowning in ignorance just like you were before you started listening to the podcast. They're hoping they're going to close this one deal so they can make enough money just to pay rent and then finally quit that job and go get something steady because they thought they were going to get training, but instead they got handed like a video game controller and dropped in the middle of the game they've never played before right at the end in the big battle scene and their job is to protect you walking alongside them in the game. Guess what? Bam! You both did. <laughs> All right. Super tangent right at the beginning. There's a reason for this because I've been saying this for four years now and I am really trying to start a revolution and change this jacked up industry by telling all of you what's really going on and you can make the change. And here's a bitch and fun fact. Many of the experienced unicorn agents that I've been working with for years and years and years, now they agree with the mission behind the podcast and behind this revolution and they started making these unicorn super teams. They're taking either newer agents or agents that uh, have been in for a little bit and they're giving them hyper souped up training. They're doing something shocking. They're actually training their agents. They're working side by side with them and creating these unicorn super teams. I've got unicorn super teams in Portland, in Denver, Dallas, Sacramento, all over the country, and they have a stable full of unicorns ready to go. Now, the reason I tell you that is because if you don't find one of these unicorn teams, sometimes you can get sent to a team and they'll send you to one of those untrained new agents. That sucks. But if you find a unicorn super team, it actually can be very helpful with this wild pace that we're finding in the bidding wars. I mean, if a home's going to be gone in less than 24 hours, it's nice to know that you can have a stable full of well-trained advocates to make their schedules clear and somebody can get out there and help you. Somebody's ready to rock for you because things are moving crazy, crazy fast. And that will help you crush the bidding wars. So don't be afraid of a team as long as it's a unicorn super team. Okay, those of you who are really excited and looking for all the tips and tricks for bidding wars, I'm happy to give them to you and I'm going to continue to give them to you. But my biggest tips are what I was just talking about already. Your unicorn realtor will eventually mention a lot of these things to you that I'm going to explain all the tips and tricks in how to write your offer. But the cool thing is, number one, wouldn't it be rad if they knew it first, if you weren't telling your realtor about a tip and a trick? And then number two, I am going to tell you about it, but not so you can learn it so that when your unicorn tells you about it, it won't be the first time that you've heard it. The key here is the best, and I mean the dopest, the sickest advice that I can give any first-time homebuyer, hire the best agent, hire the best realtor, 
Hire a unicorn who's been through bidding wars before. You shouldn't have to know all this. Your realtor should. It's their job to know all the ins and outs of the current market, what's working and what's not working, and to help you come out on top when we've got a bidding war against 20 other offers. And you can do it, even if you're a low down payment first time or offer. It's not just a slim possibility if you've got a unicorn advocate making your offer shine like a diamond. Check out all the interview podcasts. There's been a bunch where they all talk about the fact in their own real life story during these bidding war times, they were successful, even as a low down payment first time home buyer. So you independent people out there, you control freaks who came to this podcast to find out everything that you can do, all the nitty gritty little engineer details to win a bidding war. My biggest advice for you is hire someone smarter than you in this field. Yes, can you listen to all my bidding war podcasts and know every single hack and trick that is working? Yes, you'll know them in theory. My guidance to you is to find a unicorn who has actually used these tips, tricks, and hacks successfully in the field. So I should stop here and tell you the best way to win a bidding war is to hire a unicorn team, both a unicorn realtor and a lender, because there's tons of bidding war hacks with your lender as well. And I should tell you, you should find someone who's done this dozens of times before. That's it. End of episode. But I know you control freaks are not going to be satisfied with that. And I'm sure you want all the exact details on all the tips that I mentioned at the top of the show. So cool. I'm not going to disappoint. I'm going to give them all to you in the next episode. Oh, you pissed at me. Did you want the information right now? Well, just jump to the next episode. I mean, come on, it's right there on your phone. Ooh, unless, of course, you're listening to this the day that it dropped. Ooh, you're mad. Sorry, you're going to have to wait a few days. You can go back and re-listen to this one while you wait for the next couple days or listen to episode 46 and 84. A lot of the stuff was already covered there. Most of these tips are going to be explained there. Or just wait a few days. Come on, chill out. You're a big person. I mean, you're listening to this podcast. You're pretending to be adulting. Don't be mad at me. You can wait. Sure you can. You can do this. Uh-huh.